How's it going, guys? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the happiest co-host in the world, yeah. Mike P. Crumb. <laughs> Mike, how are you? Uh, he's not happy. He's not only on day five of his reset, or he can't have meat, coffee, caffeine, sugar, any dairy, anything good, but he's also just tired of the disrespect that the Dallas Cowboys are getting in the friggin' media. Like, I'm tired of it for Dak. I'm tired of it for our D-line. I'm tired of it for Dan Quinn. I'm tired of it for Micah Parsons and J-Ron Kurz. I'm tired of it for for Trevin Diggs. Like, I'm ready to. I'm. We're gonna go out and kick their fucking ass, and I cannot wait for two days from now. I can't wait. I hope there's. I hope they're hearing everything I'm hearing, because I'm. I'm ready, and I hope every score they put on them, that they say afterwards, like, oh yeah, what happened? We we're gonna get upset. Good. Let's go. You know what I like, Mike is. You hear Micah talking about bullies getting bullied where he comes from. You hear about J. Ron Curse showing respect to, to George Kittle, but also saying, hey, he has to go up against me too. So, you know, showing respect for himself. And, you know, we know Mike McCarthy, kind of his mindset, he's not the type where he's giving generic answers. He's going to be honest and not give too much away, but be open and honest and, and confident in himself and his teams and his abilities. I, I like the swagger and the mindset that our t- this team has. It's, it's totally different than the Jason Garrett era. I promise you Dan Quinn showing them every day, showing them physical. Well, why can't Dallas win? Physical. They're soft. They're speed. Tell tell Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and J. Ron Curse and Neville Gallimore and who Randy Gregory. Y'all ain't physical. You're gonna get you're gonna get run through by this Niners team. Watch. You can't stop the run. Weak. So I'm I'm ready for it. I'm and and that ain't even going into the fact that nobody even talks about our side of the ball. Nobody even no, nobody they're they're it. Well, who's gonna win? Niners. Why? Well, they can run. Okay, but can they stop our passing game? Don't matter. They can run. Physical. The passing game's soft. That's a soft way to play. This is the playoffs. Y'all gonna lose. Good. Keep up. You know it is, all it, that. It is a bit. Sh- it is a bit strange, Mike. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but how a 12-1 team playing at home feels like the underdog going into this matchup. Oh, it, it's totally picked like they're the underdog. 100% they're picked like they're the underdog. Like, you, even ones that aren't like the clickbait, clickbait shows like NFL, uh, NFL Network's morning show, Good Morning uh, Football, that's not a click. They don't like come up with dumb topics like does Dak Prescott suck? Like they don't do that. And three of their four picked the San Francisco 49ers. It, you're definitely picking the the underdog. Uh, less people are picking the the Dallas Cowboys than are picking the Niners nationally uh, on the broad stage on television where people can see it. That's Niners are the pick, the trendy pick. They're the ones getting picked. Good. You know, it's funny, Mike, as we were talking pre-roll, you were saying how a lot of like the bigger media was has the Niners picking. And I say, you know, well, I don't have ESPN. I actually don't have cable, so I don't I don't watch ESPN. I don't watch those shows. 
but uh, all I do is listen to the local broadcast. Shout out to 105.3 The Fan. You know, our guys, Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian Broaddus, those guys who, who actually watch football and, and know the game and, and speak honestly. They all said that, yeah, this is going to be a tough matchup, but the, that they think the Cowboys with the talent that they have should, should win this pretty easily. And then you hear people like from around the league that are in the media, but not, not just talking heads. They also say, hey, this is going to be a good game. The Cowboys, you know, should win this pretty easily. It's it's strange to me how how that works. Yeah, that it it. I'm just tired of it. Honestly, it's frustrating. I'm I'm tired of like we don't even get any and now I don't really watch those shows. There's clips that have come on and I've watched them this week because yeah, I caught one of them and was like, oh, this is what we think. Okay, so then I started listening and I was like, okay, let me get like I was a player. Let's see how many of these people just think, oh, we're going to get punked over. Like it's 2019, 2020 Dallas, and teams are just going to run. The Rams are going to run for another 200 yards on us. You know, well, Denver, Denver ran for 190. No Neville Gallimore, no Demarcus Lawrence. We had friggin' Parsons having to play defensive end because we didn't have people to rotate in. So th- this ain't that group. Let's go. Yeah, run it. Run for you know, 20 years. Let's see. I know earlier today you got into a bit of a Twitter debate talking with somebody who uh, said that the Cowboys still had a top five offensive line. I guess according to PFF's grades, you know, when we're talking about Twitter, let the people know where they can find you there. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. You know, Mike, I won't lie. If we did have a, still have a top five offensive line, I don't think I'd have any doubt about us winning this game. We'd smoke them if we were the if PFF had us as the top line, and and the, and people made it like I said some crazy thing by saying we ain't even the top line in our division. Hello, the Eagles exist. The Eagles O line is better than ours this year. It just is. They're they carried a a bad offense surrounding it. Uh, to Watch your mouth. Watch your well, mouth. Not, not just the quarterback. Watch your mouth. Receivers aren't great either. They have a good tight end, but even Miles Sanders has been, Banged you know, yeah. he's you know he's 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 hurting when he's in. He's not great. So you know, that offensive line is just elite of the elite. And if you think we're matching that or Tennessee's or um, or the Colts, you you just you lost the plot. Not a big fan of Devonta Smith. I see. He's okay. He had a good rookie year. He isn't. Would you would you uh, be excited about that from the tenth overall pick? I don't have his numbers right in front of me. What what, what were they? I mean, like what, nine, sixty catches, eight hundred yards, or nine hundred yards and some. And you know, he was fine. Isn't anything? He didn't. I don't. I don't ever think. I think it was more like scheme. Get you know, he doesn't like. He's not Jamar Chase. Like, look at Jamar Chase. Look at Devontae Smith. Look at Justin yeah. Jefferson. Look at look at Waddle. Look at Devontae Smith. Like. There's levels. You know what I mean? He's He seems okay. Maybe he'll get better after this. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not picking him top 10. You know, I like what uh, last week we had a couple of Philly guys on the on the podcast, and Phil made a good point. He said that with an inexperienced head coach, it's, it's always good to have a an experienced offensive coordinator, and I think we kind of saw that this year, that the play calling was really bad in Philly there for a few weeks. Yeah, early on, especially when they realize that, like, we have a great offensive line. Why don't we just, and a running quarterback, why don't we just run, like, all yeah. the time? Like, that's what Niners do, you know? So, why don't they, why why wouldn't they 
follow the same formula when we have a running quarterback as well. So yeah, they once they learn that, you can beat you can beat bad teams if you're elite at one thing. And the Niners have an elite offensive line, and so when they played bad teams, they were able to beat them because they were really good at one thing that they could count on. Right. Well, Mike, we know that the, the Philly Dallas rivalry is still pretty strong, but when you look at the the, the history of the Cowboys and Niners rivalry. Is there still a rivalry there? Or is that, again, is that history? It's not for me. Just being honest, I grew up in the 90s rivalry where me and my best friend were on the phone cursing each other out about the game. And, oh, that's bull. That was pass interference. Dion and Michael Irvin pass interference and yelling at each other. And to be honest, when they had Jim Harbaugh and stuff, we had lost, both of our teams had lost for so long that I just kind of was like, I hope y'all win just so I can hate you again. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate you. You're no good. You don't hate me because we're no good. So, like, I don't think they're going to. But say the San Francisco 49ers upset us or, or beat us, according to the picks, say uh, we don't upset the 49ers and they move on to the next round, I'd probably root for them in the NFC because I'm in California and I have two housemates that are Niner fans. My boss who's my best friend. Niner fan, a couple of workers there are Niner fans. So I just, I don't hate the team anymore. I just, I hope they die like dogs this week because we're playing them. But it, it's more because we're playing them than like smartly, you would probably pick the seventh seed to beat the two seed so you could get a home game, right? I don't know if I could root for Philly to beat Tampa. That is rivalry. When it should be to your advantage and you still can't root for the team, that's rivalry. That's not like that for 49ers. For me, maybe it is for others. It's not for me. So we know that Philly is is a rivalry, but after Philly, is it safe to say that Green Bay's a rivalry? Is it is it the Rams? What do you think? Uh, well, division wise, obviously Eagles number one, and then I'd probably yeah. go the other division. Green Bay definitely. Rams would be after that because they beat us. Um, and I think it would come down to what happened this year. Like if we went in and lost to Tampa Bay, I think they would be the higher rivals. If we were able to beat them or or beat the Rams and then Green Bay, I think, you know, some stuff might switch around. Like it would go to Washington again, you know. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because of what happened last year. And then the we want Dallas and we spanked their ass and, you know. Oh, yeah. They're still going to have that great defensive line next year. Mm-hmm. They're going to have Ron Rivera. So I think it's going to depend on what happens. Obviously, we get knocked out by Green Bay or Rams. They're going to jump to the, the next team that we're going to hate. But right now, I'd say Philly, Packers, and then Rams and Washington and Giants after that. Yeah, you know, back to the question, is this rivalry still strong between the Niners and Cowboys? I think maybe for the generation before us, it probably is still pretty strong. Yeah, which is, well, that's probably my generation. I'm, I'm like teetering on it, jerk. Yeah. So, but not for me personally, but for a lot of my age, it probably is. You know, Mike, I know you're, you're saying a lot of the uh, talking heads are picking San Francisco to beat the the Cowboys, but for me, you know, I'm curious, is San Francisco being overrated or underrated to you? Over, uh, immensely over, unbelievably overrated. Let's go through, you know what they always do to Dallas, right? Let's go through their wins. Who did they beat? Well, we had like 
you know, people forget Washington with the division. Basically, we're up two games. If they beat us, they come within one game. They won four straight. They beat Tampa Bay. We want Dallas. Spanked them. Put them away for the year. At New England, beat them. At Chargers, 0-1, beat them. You know, we played right there with Tampa even. You know, that, that mm-hmm. first game. Like, they they – they, uh, they go through our schedule and pick it apart, but then we look at the Niners' schedule. Here's who they beat other than two division games versus the Rams. But they kind of had the Rams number. But put those away. Those are good wins, but put them away, right? Lions, Philly, Bears, Jags, Vikings, Falcons, Houston, and then mm. they got one against Cincy. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then here's who they lost to. Green Bay, Arizona twice, Tennessee, Indy, Seattle twice. So the Seattle I, losses are a blemish. Yeah, the Seattle and and this I figure the Seattle and Arizona kind of weighs out the uh, Rams because yeah, they're yeah. all interdivision. They probably wouldn't sweep the Rams most times. They probably wouldn't get swept by Seattle and Arizona most times. Division games are weird. So if you take out division, Green Bay, Indy, Tennessee, they lost to. They beat Cincy. That's their one good win. The rest of them are all not just not just non-playoff teams. They're all they're stinky. Oh, they got Eagles. They got Eagles too. But I mean, Playoff we got team. Eagles twice. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. are Eagles good or are they not good? Because I don't mm-hmm. count them good when we have when we beat them. You know, I don't go oh we beat a playoff team. No, Eagles stink. We know that. So I I, I just see them as as overrated they're even their run rankings like their seventh they have like certain ones that are in the teens like 16th and 19th in their yards per rush and stuff like they're 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 good they they're they're you know they i don't know i just think they're overrated like dallas pretty damn good guys like number one offense a top five epa defense ter- top turnover differential like you know, I, I, I don't know. I just think they're being Niners are being overrated. Well, for me, Mike, just from again, you know, I, I told you about what I what I'm listening and what I'm hearing, and I can't help but feel like the uh with a top fifteen passing offense, a top ten rushing offense, and a top ten pass defense, I feel like San Francisco is being underrated a bit. And the only reason I I'm saying that is because I'm hearing people say that we're just going to run over San Francisco, that this is going to be a, an easy victory. Now that's kind of slowed down a bit, you know, throughout the week. But, you know, initially when we found out about the matchup, people were just acting like we were going to win by double digits pretty easily. And, you know, after doing some research for the pot, I'm, you know, I feel like again, San Francisco is being underrated, but I know they haven't really beat a lot of good teams, but they, ha- they themselves are a good team. I think their I think their numbers are a little inflated by the fact that they control the ball with the run game and yeah. efficient, efficiency wise, they're not as good as maybe total numbers. I I don't think they're a top ten pass defense. They give up so many big plays. They're one of the worst penalty penalized teams on DPIs. Like they can't cover. Um, they have an excellent stunt game pass rush and they're very good versus the run, but you know, their, their, their plan is to hold the ball. So you don't get a lot of passing yards because you don't get a lot of possessions. Again, I mean, just for conversation's sake, Mike, when you're controlling the clock and controlling the ball and dictating the game that, I mean, isn't that a, isn't that a good defense? Isn't that what a good team would do? Yeah. But did they do that against green Bay? Indy, well, how many Indy, like the teams that were good, did they do that to them? Like, how many teams did that against Green Bay, though? 
Yeah, what well, I know. But I mean that that's the point. You're gonna be playing yeah. those teams now. Yeah. Like we, you know, I can go up and go, well, we beat New England. You know what I mean? I have that win on there. They've got Rams, but again, division is just so division's so different. Like you know, yeah. so you know, you know how how good Dallas has been way, way better than the division this year, right? It's oh, the yeah. first time that they've gone six and zero in the division since like forever. Like a team's gone six and zero in the division because divisions mm-hmm. are. It's weird. You would never guess Seattle swept the Niners this year. Seattle, right? Like division games are weird. So I, I, those are hard to gauge. Like, oh, they beat them. Yeah, they're obviously good. You, you have a game where you went into New England and won in New England. Big playoff team, very good defense, set records against them. I can bank on that game. You know, that that you can go back and do something like that. And I would contend that <clears throat> they didn't have another game like that until the Washington one. The Chiefs one wasn't must win for Dallas. It was must win for the Chiefs. The Chiefs were struggling in their division. We were killing our division. And that stuff matters. You think the head-to-head matters. Teams want to beat, want to win their division to make sure they're in the playoffs, to make sure they get a home playoff game. That's it. So Chiefs were more desperate then. You know, Raiders then came in more desperate, and really that was a penalty shit fucker game. That was just gross. But they, but they, <laughs> I'm I'm irritated by this stuff, dude. I'm mad by this by the. I don't mind if it was like 50-50. Like I think Niners are a tough matchup for Dallas, but it's like, it's like, oh, not no, you don't understand. Like N- Dallas can't beat these guys. If Dallas. Mm-hmm. If Dallas beats them, we'd be shocked. It's that kind of talk. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you no, you wouldn't be shocked. You shouldn't be shocked if Dallas wins at home, no. number one offense and a top five DVOA defense. You know, it's it's like they build in every time it's talked about Dallas, they build in the 26 year history. Those teams didn't have McCarthy as a coach and Dan Quinn as a coordinator and Micah Parsons and and Oso Diggy Zua and Tank and Gregory along with that crew and Diggs, you know, yeah. those teams didn't have those. It's a different team. And, and it's frustrating to keep hearing that. Oh, you know, the, the accident waiting to happen thing that the dummy on ESPN says it's, he says that line, but a lot of people use that logic. He just came up with the line for it, you know, for the, for the TV, but, or his writers did, but the, but, a lot of shows use that same. Well, we went, what have we seen Dak do? He went one and nine in 2019. Well, who cares what he did in 2019? Who cares? You know, so uh, it's getting frustrating. You know, just to speak on how finicky a division, you know, the division can be the Cowboys and the, the Cowboys lost to a Giants team last year for a chance to go to the playoffs and the Giants just fired their entire coaching staff and their GM. You know what I mean? So you can't you, it's you can't just take what happened last year into next year. I'm so bummed that Gettleman and Joe Judge is gone. They would have kept them in the cellar for so long. Yeah, man, it sounds like Doug Peterson might be the new head coach. Doug Peterson's a good coach. I don't get why Philly, but he took Nick Foles to a Super Bowl title. Like, what are we doing? I was happy to see him leave Philadelphia. That was great. I was kind of hoping to see him in Jacksonville to see what he could do with that young team. Yeah. It's weird that he went inner inner division. Excuse me. Uh-oh. Pod hiccups. This is a first. Maybe he's won some revenge on the Eagles. 
Yeah, maybe he wants to play him twice. I could, man, I feel the hiccups. <laughs> we got pod, podcast first, the podcast hiccups. Mike, how nervous are you? Uh, nervous. I'm more nervous about podcast hiccups than the game this weekend. That's nerves right there. Well, you know, Mike, we know the genius of, of Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, when you look at Trevon, uh, Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons, this is going to be their first playoff game along with Neville Gallimore and Osa Aziki Duwa, a couple of important players on defense. Do you think that Shanahan could exploit exploit uh, exploit them this week? I think he could. I mean, they're rookies. Like, he can make plays. But I'll ask you this. If you're Kyle Shanahan, are you devising a game plan to try to trick up Micah Parsons and Diggs? Or are you thinking, maybe we'll attack it? Anthony Brown, you know, boss man fat, you know, so like anyone else, but those two, the two all, the only two all pros on the defense. Like, I don't know. I just, if I'm them, instead of like, I could figure this genius way to beat Michael Parsons. I know I'd be like, how about we just avoid Michael Parsons? <laughs> let's, exactly. Let's do that genius way of doing it. So I'm pretty sure there'll be plays where they'll, they'll get a matchup. They like, like, uh, Maybe Debo will get a play outside. You know they'll they'll uh, they'll they'll get uh, Micah Parsons thinking a play is going one way and fool him and get a play on him. But I just don't think there's very much of that going to happen where they're like, let's let's have Jimmy G attack Diggs. We're gonna we're gonna fake exactly. him out. I, just, uh, I I don't see that happening very often. Avoid the two Dallas All Pros is probably a better better uh, strategy. Yeah, Mike, I couldn't agree, agree more. You know, here I have – I think he easily could, but, you know, Shanahan will find a way to, to take Micah out of this game. And, well, you know, I, I don't see Shanahan throwing at Diggs, so, you know, therefore removing him in that way. But, yeah, he's not He's not going to try to outsmart himself this week. Yeah, no reason, no reason to try to beat those two if you can just avoid them. Exactly. So when you look at the matchups, Mike, is it a better matchup, uh, the 49ers run game versus the Dallas defense or – Dallas's passing offense versus the San Francisco secondary. I'd say this is the one thing all week that's blown my mind is everyone's talked about, uh, uh, you know, Niners uh, run game versus Dallas defense. And even though like total yards or whatever, we're like seventh against the run, our efficiency's bad. But then you look at Niners and that like big play, like they're one of the worst secondaries in football. One of the worst efficiency-wise penalties, big plays given up. Like, they're terrible. And nobody talks about, like, we got Amari and Lamb and Schultz and and uh, uh, Cedric Wilson all going up against them with Dak Prescott back there. I think it's a huge advantage, Dallas. And not only that, but what gets Dak and, and the Dallas offense normally, what fools them, what Fan, Fangio did, what uh, what Kansas City did, uh, what uh, uh, who just whooped us? Arizona. Arizona did. They try to fool you ahead of time. That's not Niners style. Not, Niners, you know, they're rushing for, they're sitting back. You know what they're coming with. It's just, is it cover two or cover three? It's like not, not some wild scheme you have to figure out. And Dak's normally great against that. So I, I, got, I got Dallas's uh, pass game. Both will be the advantage to that team. Like Niners will have an advantage running the ball against Dallas's defense, and and Dallas's offensive passing game will have an advantage against Niners secondary. I just think Dallas has the better advantage because 
you can pass all the time. Mm-hmm. Running, if you get to third and long, now what are you going to do? You you going to Joe judge it and try to QB sneak it on a third and nine? Like, no, you got to throw. Eventually, they're going to have to pick up first downs throwing the ball. Where Dallas could throw, we've seen the Tampa Bay game. They can throw all the time if they want to. So uh, I'm taking Dallas in that. Are, are you not worried at all, though, that our offense not getting into a flow early with with San Francisco's run defense being as stout as it is that, you know, with, when Zeke, with Zeke not getting going or Pollard not getting going, that we're going to have to try to overcome all those third and longs like we saw in Arizona? Uh, give me one second. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven questions away from me answering that. Yeah, so, I mean, just in, I'm kind of giving it away, but Mike, that, that's kind of the matchup that I'm, I'm worried about a little bit is is the run game preventing our offense from getting in the flow. I, however, I do like Dak and the receivers going up, up against this San Francisco secondary. You know, you, you mentioned that they are heavily penalized. Hopefully our coaching staff will take advantage of that and we'll take a lot of shots down the field. But I'm just worried about the flow, our, our offense never finding a flow. Yeah, I um, I don't think they should really game plan to run the ball. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. That's going to be a big thing early on if they're trying to force the run. You know, that's yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not saying force the run, but we know how how important the run game can be to this offense. Is what I mean. Just throw it on them. You can give Pollard some runs, but. I'm trying. I'm trying to play action every play, and just never hand the ball off, and just make them. Uh oh, it's a run. Oh no, it isn't. Uh oh, it's a run because that's what they do. They play the run. So I'm trying to play action all the time. I'm not even thinking about running this game. Rare, rare runs. Make it like Tampa. Should Should we go no huddle like we did against Washington? Yep. Up tempo. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would. All right, Mike. If you were Dan Quinn. Who would guard who? Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk. How, how are you uh, guarding those guys? All right. So Debo's got to be a multiple player because it depends where he's lined up. If he's lined up outside, I don't mind Diggs or Bossman against him. Obviously, uh, uh, in the backfield, I would like J- Jordan Lewis. The worry mm-hmm. is, do you have Jordan Lewis in? Because you you look at the lineup and you see Debo and you think, oh, wide receiver. <laughs> Yeah. You know, if he moves to the to the backfield, you know, does your is your system set up to have Jordan Lewis there for him? So, Carson Parsons would be in the in the backfield, uh, depending kind of an option of which way he went. Uh, Kittle, I want Curse Parsons, and it's kind of the same thing. What depending on which side he goes on, that person takes him. I don't want LBE anywhere near either of those two, and that's kind of the key. Uh, Ayuk, I'm good with AB in the slot uh, as outside corners. I'd rather boss man cover him than digs. Uh, so that's how I would match him up for me. Mike with Debo Samuel, let's just say he plays wide receiver. I like Trayvon against him for George Kittle. I have Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis. I'd like to see a double team there. And then for Brandon, Ayuk, I have Mr. Bossman fat. I like it. I have no issues with any of those. The, I mean, we know how good George Kittle is, but even with Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, is that is that enough to to cover George, a guy like George Kittle? Tackle him. It's it's not about it's not about what, how many catches he gets. It's about making sure you get him down once he gets to catch. 
if you tackle George Kittle, if you tackle the Niners, they're oh, yeah. done. They're right. a yak team. You know, that that's what they do. They catch the ball and they go for yak yards. I think they're top five, maybe even top three in yak. So, you know, they're not a Jimmy G uh, reliant team. He They want to get the ball away from him and let the playmakers make plays. And you're talking about Debo, Mike. Are, are you worried about Debo Samuel more as a receiver or a running back? Uh, I'm definitely a receiver for me. And uh, the reason is I can counter him at running back with Parsons, with Curse, with Tank, with Gregory, like we with Neville. We have guys that have the speed and, and uh, the ability to play the run. Um, at wide receiver, Debo was killing Jalen Ramsey. Like as good as Diggs is, and Diggs might get a pick on it, he he'll still give up plays to Debo. Debo's that good. So my worry is definitely him at wide receiver over running back. Now, Mike, I, I can see Shanahan having both Debo and Mitchell in the backfield just to just to mess with our defense. And we know that Debo's got the perfect combination of speed and strength. And pair that with his yak ability. You, you know, you've got a really dangerous weapon. With over 1,300 receiving yards and six receiving TDs, in addition to eight rushing TDs, I don't know, man. I'm I'm actually a little bit more worried about Debo at, at running back. Man, I just I I think our defense is we have Tank's so good at setting an edge. Randy Gregory's very athletic on his edge. Michael Parsons such a runner, uh, so athletic. Donovan Wilson is another guy who will be in and come up and make plays in the run game. So. I, I I worry more about this guy can beat great corners. He just can. He's he's such a machine as a wide receiver. So he's dangerous at both. He's gonna get his yards at both. But mm-hmm. I don't. You know, he had 300 yards as running back. You know, I I just I I don't think he's going to kill you at running back. And I think he can kill you at wide receiver. Well, I guess my thing is is that you know he could line up in the backfield and then just get get a pass out in the flats. And if we don't, like you said earlier, if we don't tackle, you know, we know what he can do with his ability after the catch. So that, that's what worries me. Yeah, no, they, they need to tackle for sure. That that's the key to this game is can the Cowboys tackle consistently. So Mike, I know again, we, we've talked about this a little bit, but why is the prevailing narrative that Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in this matchup? I have no idea. I, I, I guess it's to elevate Aaron Rodgers because Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl and Al Shanahan does not. And he blew two Super Bowls, really. If you watch the one in Atlanta where he was a coordinator, if he would just stop calling passes, he, they would have won that game. They could have ran out the clock. And then the Niner won. He was just bad again. I, I don't – I have no idea. He He's very – he's great. But I mean, my, what is my what has he done that Mike McCarthy hasn't? They both have MVP quarterbacks. One's won a Super Bowl, one hasn't. One's that Mike McCarthy's had way more playoff success. He's been in the NFC Championship games a ton of times, four or five times. So I don't know. I, I my guess would be like because it, it's basically a way to elevate Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers would have done better if he didn't have Mike McCarthy holding him back. You know. Like, how do you only win one with Aaron Rodgers? You know, that type of thing. Not mm-hmm. realizing, like, Tom Brady's an enigma, dude. Other than Tom Brady, it's hard to win Super Bowls. So, 
you know, I, I think it's got to be something like that. People are trying to elevate Aaron Rodgers by knocking Mike McCarthy. You know, for me, Mike, I think it's going to be, it's got to be recency bias. You know, Shanahan is two years removed from a Super Bowl appearance. Mike McCarthy hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 12 years and hasn't been to the playoffs in four years. Like you said, though, McCarthy is 10 and 8 in the playoffs. Shanahan is 2 and 1. I just, for me, I think it might be just some recency bias. Yeah, 10 and 8 to 2 and 1. And then even coordinator, when he was a coordinator, like, look at Mike McCarthy as QB coach in court when he was on staffs, how good those teams did. Uh, uh, you know, I just, I don't, I don't get that. I, I think we have an advantage uh, if you count the whole coaching staff with Dan Quinn and Philman and, and, uh, and more and everything. I think our coaching staff's better. Uh, who was the, uh, you know, we know that Robert, uh, Sala, he went to the, take the Jets head coaching job, but he was a big part of that 2019 run with the, with the San Francisco 49ers. Do you know who the defensive coordinator is now for, for the 49ers? Oh man, I do know that they they uh, let me see. watch this. We're gonna break this out of that. Who's the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers? Should bring up the coaches. <laughs> we should do an episode with Siri and just just ask her yeah, random questions and see what Siri. happens. <laughs> it actually didn't either. That's funny. I'm gonna find out right now. I should know this. I'm surprised you don't. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that I don't, but I never actually thought about it. Oh, yeah. You know what? They talked about it on Catch This Fade. I'm so serious. D'Amico Ryans came up and okay. was their, uh, was their uh, uh, coordinator. Uh, what is his history? Uh, none, none, really. He was a linebacker all but a couple of years ago. Houston Texans. Uh, Eagles, maybe? D'Amico Ryans is a good player. Uh, Eagles, I think. I think it was Eagles and Texans. But I mean, he, you know, he's not got any experience as far as going into the, but compared to Dan Quinn, like it's not. Still what behind the ears. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yes. I mean, overall, it sounds like our coaching staff has far more experience than what Shanahan has. Yes. Our coaching staff overall is a better coaching staff. Now we'll just have to see how that plays out, though. Well, you know, Mikey, we've talked a lot about the San Francisco weapons, and of course, everybody knows how good of a uh, offensive coordinator Shanahan is. But when you look at this matchup, what scares you most? Cowboys' offensive game plan is what scares me. Mm. It didn't even have to do with the Niners. If this okay. team has to establish Zeke, we're going to have trouble. the The Niners are second best run defense in the league. Cowboys' efficiency versus the run, especially Ezekiel Elliott. It's horrendous. If they come out and are our first down runs or second and ten runs all the mm -hmm. time, yeah, weren't that terrifies me. So I'm I'm afraid of the Cowboys' offensive game plan. That's the thing that scares me the most. Man, I like that answer quite a bit, Mike. You know, for me, I was I was a little bit uh, more obvious answer here, and it's got to be the Niners' run defense. You know, San Francisco. Defense allows 105 rushing yards per game. That's top 10 in the NFL. And in games when Dallas rushed for 105 yards or less, we were one and four. Yeah. Yep. But the thing is, is do you read that stat and go, okay, we better run then because if we don't get 100 yards. Yeah, exactly. I'm all, I'll take 50 yards rushing. Just have the correct game plan for this game. You know that we got one win. Just get the second one. I, I don't care about your run game. Get the second one. Don't don't 
try to force it against this Niners run defense. That's what they do well. Are you worried at all, though, about Kellen trying to do that, trying to to force it when when something when things aren't working, he maybe panics and keeps trying to run the same thing over and over and hopes that it will work. My biggest fear is the offensive game plan, which means Kellen Moore. It terrifies me. You know, you you said a couple of weeks ago, and I, I believe it was uh was it, I guess it was Patrick C. Walker saying that you felt that Kellen Moore was kind of keeping things close close to the vest and you know. Uh, hiding certain plays or, you know, not, not running certain plays, man, his, his lack of experience in the playoffs is, is kind of concerning, dude. Bro. I have, I have said that I was the first one out on that limb and I got killed for it for about six weeks. And then it started, people started, uh, you know, the no sees, the more uh, uh, Dan Orlovsky talked about it. And then all of a sudden people are coming up going, you know, Kellen Moore might be holding back plays. And I'm like, no, nah, y'all, I was saying that like Thanksgiving time and and was getting shit for it. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. They're not playing to lose. And I was like, y'all, people hold back plays. This ain't some like secret conspiracy thing. This happens in real games. New England did it all the time. So... Yeah, I was I was on that train. I was hit by that train. You know, I started it and then ju- got thrown in front of it. So, you know, it's good to see that people are on board now. But you could ask Matt J. A. Massey who who the guy who the conductor of that train was and how I got mashed for it because he was one of the few that had my back on that. I know you've seen that movie with Danny DeVito, Throw Mama from the Train, or yes. was it Don't Throw Mama from the Train. Yeah, throw throw Mike Crum from the train. That's what yes, it was. Sir. I get that a lot this year, man. The the thing about the O-line, about the, well, the O-line's not number one, clearly. Like, people make it like because you're a fan of the team, you can't realistically evaluate the team. Like, obviously, the O-line was not great this year. It was, I still had it in the top ten, yeah. but compared to what people think it is, it's not near that. You know, I think that's kind of the beauty of starting starting a podcast last year when the season that we had and and the the discussions that we had to have and look at the team the way that we did. It, it kind of helps you be a little bit more realistic, even when the team is good. Yeah, that first year, man, I don't know how we survived that. Great drafts, that's a lot awesome. of laughs, a lot of laughs, and good draft picks, sir. Yep, that is the way, and a lot of rants. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Mike, you know, who on this Cowboys offense is, is the closer? You know, i.e., who can we rely on for a big fourth down conversion or a game-ending play to seal a win, do you think? I'm I'm gonna ask you that because I'm interested in, in what you say. So for me, Mike, for this particular game, I think it's Amari Cooper. I feel like Cooper and Lamb are both due for big games this week. Okay, so what you're saying who's going to be a closer in this game? Not who is the Cowboys closer. So okay, so when I was thinking about that, okay, who I, who I do think the closer is, man, I haven't seen anybody define themselves in that role. I mean, we've seen Cedric Wilson close out a game against. You know, I was thinking about the New England Patriots game earlier today because I was thinking about this question. Uh, we saw Amari get the game winning touchdown against the Vikings. Um, I'm trying to think what what we haven't really had that many close games outside of the Vikings game and the Patriots game. And, you know, of course an easy answer would be Dak because, you know, the quarterback gets a lot of the credit, but 
years prior it probably would have been Zeke or it would have been somebody on the defense? The, uh, the answer is they do not have one. That was my answer. They don't have a closer. Nobody has shown the ability to, to do it consistently for yeah. this team. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say the closest one would be Dak, but Dak is about getting the ball to the best matchup. So he's not mm-hmm. forcing it to a closer. Uh, the team just doesn't have a closer, in my opinion. Hey, I can't argue with that answer because, again, you know, in the close games we had, it was two different people, Cedric Wilson and Amari Cooper. Yep. All right, Mike, fill in the blank. If the Cowboys' defense blanks, we lose. Doesn't cause turnovers. Oh, okay. So we need – basically what that means for me is – that we're allowing them to run the ball well enough to where our pass rush and Jimmy G is not getting involved. If Jimmy G gets involved and our pass rush gets involved, there will be turnovers. So if they they don't cause any, that means that the opposite happened and then, and then we will lose. All right, Mike. In our five losses this season, the Cowboys have given up an average of 127 rushing yards. And I know – that week one against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that I believe we only gave up 60. But again, I'm, I'm going based off averages. So if the Dallas defense gives up over 125 yards rushing, Dallas will lose this game. It's going to be a close one. I expect the 49ers to be right around 100 to 120. Should, should we try to use their game against them? Where I know we might we probably might not be able to establish a run, and we definitely shouldn't force it, but. Should we try to kind of slow pay, slow play them and, and, and dominate the time of possession, do you think? Nah, bust them up. Attack. Get up two, three scores and see what they're going to do then. The same Matthew Stafford. Right. Yeah, if you, if you can force Jimmy G to beat you, you, your chances are about 90%. Bingo. Yes, sir. I 100% agree. All right, Mike. What's your score prediction for this week? Well, I had done a score prediction on LPs and on uh, on another that was uh, thirty-two to eighteen. Mm. Nah, I'm I'm going I'm up in thirty-eight to eighteen. Oh, I think, a twenty-point I think deficit. I think they're going to come out and smoke the 49ers. I think I think they're a better team. I think All they right. have the better coaching staff. I think they have the better players across the board. They have the better quarterback. And now they're the motivated team because they're coming in like they're the underdog. And, and you, that's a hard combination when you're clearly the more talented, clearly the better quarterback, clearly the better full coaching staff. And everyone's like, nah, y'all ain't it. You're, you're going to get punked. Like, like literally not just, you're going to lose. This isn't going up against Tampa and the great Tom Brady. This is, Y'all can't stop this team. They're physical. Y'all a bunch of punks. So, okay. I think that's going to motivate the more talented team, and they're going to put it on the 49ers. All right, Mike, full exposure here. A buddy of mine asked me a couple of days ago for my score prediction, and I said this. Without doing any research, just going on gut feeling, I have it at 31-30, to the 49ers. Now – Today, after doing research, I ran the numbers, Mike. In eight games at home, Dallas allows 22 points per game. And at home, Dallas averages 36 points per game. 
and nine games on the road, 49ers allow 21 points per game, and they average 25 points per game on the road again. So my score prediction is Dallas 29, 49ers 24. We're going a little scoregami here. I like it. As long as you picked us to win, <clears throat> I'll let you get away with how close it is. I think it's I think it's gonna be close and then Dallas will will get ahead, but then the 49ers will get like a last, you know, a last minute TD will make it look a little bit closer than it is. But I feel like we're gonna have a secure lead going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, something like 29-17 going into the fourth. They score a touchdown to make it. 29-24, but it's with like a minute left, and they don't get the onside. Hey, I like you speaking with your chest tonight, Mike. A 20-point win. I like that, man. I think we're better than them. I think we're better I will than say, them. Go ahead. I was going to say, again, I hate to cut you off, but I will say this. I think if Dallas wins this game, we make it to the Super Bowl. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about this team. Wow. I got I to gotta see – uh, the Green Bay worries me because of the cold and the refs. That one still worries me. I I will like it, though, because I think the whole week everybody will pick Green Bay just like they're doing Niners here, and I think we're more talented everywhere but basically the quarterback. And so I, I think that will motivate the team again. So I want to see it. I'd love to see, I'd love to see um, uh, San Francisco, Tampa, Green Bay. But I'm not looking up. I'm not going ahead of that. That's I think we're going to beat the San Francisco 49ers ass, but they've got to come out motivated like that. If they come out like, oh, we got Tampa Bay next week. Well, then you can't roll your helmets out against this team and beat them. But if you come out like you should listening to this last week, Mm -hmm. go get uh, two weeks, really, because it's been since Arizona game, really, honestly. Nobody took that Philly game serious. They beat backups. So for two weeks, and especially this last week, y'all heard what punks you were. Like, think about how they said they'd beat you. Well, they're just going to run. You can't stop them. They're too physical. Y'all are a bunch of punks. Y'all are soft. Y'all are finesse. Mm. Show them. Let's go. I think about this, Mike, and tell me if I'm crazy or not. If that if Dak were to beat Shanahan, then beat Brady, and then beat Rodgers, and in 2022, Brady retires in the offseason, Rodgers decides to hang him up, am I crazy to think that Dak Prescott would be the number one quarterback in the league? Patrick Mahomes will get that. Wow. Yeah. But even though they have the same amount of Super Bowl wins. Yeah, because he's been to two, and Patrick Mahomes was a first-round pick. Dak was a fourth. Like, there's still that misconception, you know. The draft capital misconception. Yeah, to get yourself out of that, you got to win, like, three, four Super Bowls, honestly, like Brady did before people started going, you know, well, yeah, Brady's one of the best because when he won the first three, it was about the defense. It wasn't really about him. He had to get further in where it was him leading – the team to wins, you know, uh, despite how good or bad the defense was. Your so, Dallas I mean, Mavericks are beating uh, Memphis right now, just FYI. Uh, man, Grizzlies are on a 10-game win streak, too, so that'd be a nice victory. Yeah, it's a little early, just uh, still going, about to go into the fourth. You guys are up nine. So, uh, you know, random question here, Mike, but I'm curious, what is 
What is your most expensive sports related purchase? Oh, damn. And there's a reason I'm asking. Sports related. Okay. So I can't say something like my TV because I want to watch the sports on it. Uh, My, my basketball court, it was expensive glass basketball court. I put in all the lines measured out the height of the rim measured out the free throw, the three point. Oh, it, wow. Yeah, it cost, by the end of it, it was 3200 with installation. Now, they messed up the installation twice, and so oh. I got it I got it cut in half two times and only ended up paying like 800 But oh, the nice. first time that bill came in that I paid, it was from my disability money, yeah. and uh, it was like 3200 something. And uh, that's that was my most expensive sports thing, and it's probably the best purchase I ever made because I, to this day, well, not it's too cold. F that. But when it warms up a little bit, I'll still go out and shoot, even though I'm terrible now and I can barely move. I'll still go out there and shoot them up and play. If people are out there, I'll play and be horrible, but I'll be out there and get the exercise. All right, Mike. So the reason I'm asking, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, just to uh, add some context, Dirk Nowitzki is my all-time favorite basketball player. I got to watch his from his career from beginning to end. I got to watch him lose a championship. I got to watch him win one. I wasn't able to go to his last game um, as a Maverick. So I found out the, the day that I found out, uh, they recently did his jersey retirement. So I remember the night I heard, I'm like, okay, they're going to retire his jersey. I called my wife. I'm like, hey. Baby, I got You got to get tickets for January 5th. They're going to retire Dirk's jersey. We have to go. They're playing Golden State Warriors. We paid 800 bucks to go to this game. And worth every penny, of course. But that was my most ex- expensive sports purchase. But, man, I mean, I'll never have a memory like that again, I don't think. Unless, yeah, you know, until it happens with Luca. That's great, man. I love that. That's such a good one. First of all, he didn't lose – a finals, he got cheated. a finals ripped from him. Cheated, yeah. That was his. Fi- and I'm a Laker fan. I have zero. I that was the Eastern Conference team. I would be more mad about the Mavs. They're in my conference. I had zero battle in this fight. The the Miami Heat. That was a and and LeBron's on my team now. I love mm-hmm. LeBron. He that was a robbery. I mean, was that the one that had LeBron? Or was that D-Wade's only? No, it was D-Wade. Oh, it was D-Wade's. Okay, my fault, my fault. I remembered that a little late. Yeah, that that was gross. Like, I mean, it's well known that he was cheated out of it. Oh, God. It was it was so many free throws. It was it was handed to Dwayne Wade in the Miami Heat. It was it was one of the grossest uh finals I ever watched. And I had zero dog in like I didn't have a rooting interest. I was just watching because I like to watch sports and it was the finals and I was watching it. Like at first I didn't care who won. And by like the, the fourth game, I was like, dude, Mavs, Mavs, this is ridiculous. The fuck's going on here. And by the end of it, I was like, that's gross. Like what a, what a shame for how great, you know, Mavs played that that happened. That was one of the most disgusting sports things ever. And I and from then on, I never trust. I always I always tell people it depends on referees because I totally believe that leagues, while they don't exactly fix games, they try to get as much as they like. 
if Dallas gets too far ahead in this Niners game, I totally expect some calls that are like, uh, to try to get the Niners down the field to get a drive, you know, to make it where it's a, a closer Watchable game. You know? game. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want the eyes turning away from the product. So the, you mm-hmm. can't tell me the league. I remember I'm a Lakers fan. I remember the Kings Lakers series where game five, the refs just were, were bad refereeing. I was pissed. Like the Kings got every call. This and that they won. And then game six was worse. They gave Lakers like it was unfair. Like they cheated yeah. the Kings out of the game. Like the the game five was poorly ref, but it was one like that was like, well, the Lakers still had a chance to win. It's just refs had a bad night. The the game six was just you have no chance. We're getting a game seven. Sorry, Kings. And then game seven they let happen whatever happened happened. The Lakers ended up winning. But that that kind of stuff, you can't convince me that leagues don't go in there going, we're trying to get money if we can. They're not going to straight up do it. I know you're going to go, well, why doesn't this happen? Or why doesn't this? I'm not saying they dictate who wins. It's not WWE. I'm saying that they will make, you know, when people are going on runs or whatever, they will make a call that might, eh, you know, uh, hey, since, since, since this is going this way, just call the hold that we probably wouldn't have called before. You know, that kind of thing. You know, I kind of have a theory on Super Bowl commercials that if a game is bad, they play the really funny ones to kind of keep you entertained, to keep you focused on the game so you don't change the channel. And then when a game is really good, they'll play kind of like some mediocre ones that are like, oh, you know, that was okay. But again, just to keep you, not to take anything away from the game, but just good enough to where you don't want to change the channel. I, I won't, I won't batter that. I won't better that I say that's a that's that's a possibility. I'm agnostic, sir. It's definitely a possibility. <laughs> you, you don't believe in anything, but you believe a lot, right? <laughs> yes, that is a way to do it. I don't believe in anything, but if you tell me it, I go, yeah, that's possible. Alien, sure. God, sure. Theories about refs, sure. Super Bowl commercials, yeah, very possible. All you're of willing to listen. Yeah, I'm willing to listen. I'm just not going to live my life by it. That's all. I'm not going to live my life by like aliens exist. So I'm going to be terrified. No, I mean, they probably are up there, but I'm not going to draw up laws for just in case aliens come down. We better, we better have these law and laws in place because they may not like what we do. Sorry, aliens. When you come down, then we can talk about what we're going to do. But until I see it, I'm not, I'm not living by the fact of fear because an alien is going to come abduct me. Are you a big conspiracy theory guy? Yeah. That, I mean, I'm not like, uh, I don't want to do any political ones. I'm, I'm not like nuts. What about the, what about the moon landing being fake? No. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's not, do I believe it? No. Would it like, would I like battle to the death? Like you're an idiot. It's not, you know, this and that there, there's, there's certain ones like, like, um, nah, I'm not even going to get into that. That's political moon landing is a good one. No, I think the moon land, I think they went to the moon, but it wouldn't shock me if they didn't, you know, I, w- I would be like, okay, they faked it. They were, they were in the middle of shit and trying to give people hope and sure they could have faked it, but I'm not one that, but like it did. You're an idiot. If you believe that, like, no, they they probably did go up to the moon. Where we we have people, dude. Like people can just go up in space now. Yeah, it's just hey, I have enough money. Send me to space. Well, Mike, before what Twitter gets their hands on us, we better get out of here. 
And speaking of Twitter, remind the people where they can find you. At CD Piglet, guys, nice and easy. Let's whoop the Niners' ass in a couple days. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. I appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.